0: Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Brilliant, thank you. Okay, children, we've put some mats out down the front here, so can you come and sit down here so that I'm a little less lonely here. So if you're a child in the place, that's it. And Matthew, are you going to come and join me, Matthew? Or are you going to make it safe? Thank you. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Who has had a really good summer holiday? I have. Have you had a good summer holiday? Have you had a good time? What sort of things have you been doing on your summer holiday? Who feels brave enough to tell me what you've been doing? Any ideas? Have you done anything fun? Have a little think? Has anybody been swimming? Anybody been swimming? You have you have been swimming fantastic. Has anybody been on a day out somewhere special? Anybody? Oh, has anybody had a picnic? Anybody had a picnic? We had a picnic. We have had a couple of picnics this this holiday. We have been to the beach. And we had a picnic. In fact, we had a brilliant picnic at the beach. It was very simple. It was in France and we had a big baguette and we ripped it open and put sausages inside it and we had a picnic. It was lovely. And I want to talk to you a little bit today about a picnic. And it was a giant picnic that Jesus talked about in the Bible. And I have bought my lunch, not because I get hungry at church because there's always lovely snacks, but I have bought in here a little lunch bag with me today because I wanted to talk to you about lunches and picnics. Who has school lunches here? Who has who has a sandwich at lunch for school? Do you? You have a lunch. Fantastic. Would you like to see what I have bought this morning? Now don't laugh because I know it's a little bit funny, but in my bag here, I have bought ready. One. Two. three, a little bit peckish I am this morning, four, five bread rolls. I've bought five bread rolls with me to church this morning. Here they are, look. And also in my bread rolls, who knows what this is? Does anybody know what this is? Well done, good girl. It's fish. You're absolutely right. I love fish. I love tuna. This is my fish and I bought one Two fish with me. Five rolls and two fish. Does that remind anybody of a story in the Bible? Do you know a story that might have you do? Good girl. Well, one day Jesus had been travelling around and he had walked miles and miles and miles and he was quite tired. But do you know, in the distance he could see loads and loads of people coming to hear him because he was Jesus. He, Everybody wanted to hear about Jesus. I mean, I would want to be there in those days. And Jesus was walking around telling lots of different stories. Look, there's some of the people. I don't know if they look quite like that. But anyway, there's some people up there. Can you see them? But there weren't just a few people. There were thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands, and thousands of people. Five thousand people now that is more people than you've ever seen at your school or any that's so many people and jesus started talking and telling them fantastic things and all the people were gathering and listening and it got very late and some of the people began to think oh my tummy's rumbling i'm feeling a little bit hungry I bet they got a little bit grumpy. I bet they thought there's no McDonald's. There's no KFC. What are we going to do? Jesus' friends, the disciples, they thought, how are we going to feed all these people? What are we going to do? Is that, look, there they are. What are we going to do? How are we going to feed all of these people, Jesus? I mean, how are we going to do it? There, there's the man thinking, how are we going to feed all these people? Now, there was a little boy in the crowd and his mum had been very, very organised and she had sent him with a packed lunch. Do you know what was in his packed lunch? Have a think. Do you know what might what was in his packed lunch? You're absolutely right. He had brought with him two fish, not in tins, they were probably real fish, real smelly fish, and five bread rolls he'd packed for his lunch. And he was the only person that had remembered to bring his lunch that day. Now, Jesus knew about that. There he is. Look, there's the little boy. So he was only little. And he said, Jesus, I have only got this lunch, but you can use it. You can have my two fish and my five rolls and you can, you can use it. Wasn't that kind and sharing with that little boy? That was, so, that was all he had. So the disciples thought, well, that's very kind. But how is that going to feed all of these people? I mean, it it would be a miracle, wouldn't it? But thankfully, Jesus is very, very good at miracles. And do you know what happened? The little boy bought all he had and Jesus did a miracle with it. He broke the little boy's lunch up, only little bits, and all the people had full tummies they all had enough to eat isn't that amazing and do you know what it says in the bible that not only did everybody there have enough to eat but there were baskets left over look look 12 baskets it says in the bible of leftover food where everybody had had enough to eat and there was more than enough isn't that an incredible story And it got me thinking, this story. It got me thinking. I wonder what we could bring to Jesus. What could we bring? So maybe sometimes we could help feed people. But when we believe in Jesus and we thank him, whatever we have, even if it's a little thing or if it's a really big thing, if we give it to Jesus, he can use it. And he can use it to bless other people. And some of the things I was thinking about is maybe you are really good at listening and you could listen to someone. Maybe you're really good at being kind and sharing your things and maybe you could bring them to others and share them and Jesus can help you to find those people that might need things. Whatever you have, if you bring it to Father God and say, here is everything I have, he will use you to help others. Isn't that fantastic? You have listened so well. I'm very, very impressed with you. Really good. Now, so that we can remember this really good story, we have got some special worksheets. Thank you, Mimi. And there are a couple of different ones here, I think. So here are some for the older children. And there's one here that we actually need to use scissors with. So if you sit with your grown-ups and you can use your scissors and you can make... Oh, it's amazing. You can make a fold-out basket with the fish and the loaves. That would be good. And you can colour it in. And on here, there's a worksheet with all sorts of different things that you can do. And on the back, if you want to, you can have a think about what could you bring? What could each one of us bring? Because we've all, Jesus has given us all something special that we can bring to him. Okay. Wonderful. All right, Sim, do you want to come? And I will going to stand over here with some pens and some scissors and some worksheets. And you can come and find me and get your worksheets. Well done for listening so well. Brilliant.
1: Thank you, Lottie. show our appreciation for Lottie telling her stories. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> what small boy brings tin tuna to school in his lunchbox, I wonder? Amazing. Thank you very much. Thank you, parents, for sitting so quietly and comfortably there. Grab hold of a worksheet, find a space. That'd be amazing. Let me clear the stage of the lunch. Wonderful. Thank you, Lottie. And for those of you who are maybe older than those who've been listening to that story, I've got something for you this morning. I want to talk to you about the fourth value of influence. So if you've been here over the summer... You will have seen or you will have heard um, the people involved in our summer Sundays talking about these four different values, encourage, gather, grow and influence. I don't know what you've been doing this summertime. I try and do something different every summer and I've been doing lots of reading and I've been trying to read lots of books. I've been putting to one side and I've started reading those books and I even finished writing a book as well. So a, a book went to the publisher on Friday. So you'll soon see that, hear about that in the next few weeks. Um, but there are lots of reading. Oh, sorry, he wants to stay. You can listen if you want to. But part of the book I was re- writing over the summer was around these four areas of influence that we believe as a church are really important to us, that we're people that we want to encourage with, to encounter God, to gather regularly together, to grow in Him. And this today is all about our final piece, which is all about how we influence others around us. in the way that the small boy with that lunch bar- bag influenced a whole crowd of people, what can we do with the small amount that we've got? And so I'm going to... I'm going to over the next, hopefully only a few minutes, I'm going to share with you. This will save you a little bit of money. I'm going to share with a whole section of a book I wrote. Is that okay? All about encounter. So you can listen to this and 25% of the book will all be done in the next 15 minutes. Um, so here's the first question for you. Written by Timothy Keller. He said these words, if you or your church were to disappear off the face of the earth tomorrow, would anyone in the community around you notice you were gone? Would anyone notice from your workplace if you were no longer there talking about your Christian faith? If you were no longer around with those who don't know Jesus, would they notice you were gone? In the book of Genesis, God made the heavens and the earth. He created the world. He looked at what he made and went, this is great. I love what I've created. Mankind is incredible. What mankind has accomplished is Incredible. If you think about all the things that have been achieved over generations, from farming to moon landings, from hunting to splitting the atom, from simply surviving the world we live in to creating educational systems, from basic tools to high technology, man's achievements from positive to otherwise is incredible. Because God made us that way. Jesus said, I'm building my church and I'm building it full of people. God made us to be influential. God made mankind to make a huge difference. Jesus said these words to his disciples in Matthew's gospel. He said, let me tell you why you're here. It's always a good start to a conversation. He said, let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness you've lost your usefulness will end up in the garbage that's the message version there for some of you recognize some of those words and here's another way he says to put it you're here to be light bringing out the god colors in this world god is not a secret to be kept we're going public with this as public as a city on a hill if i make you light bearers you don't think we're going to hide you under a bucket do you i'm putting you on a light stand now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. We're called to be different. We're called to make a difference. We're called to be influential. We're called to have influence to those around us. And I've been reading a book over the summer called Scattered Servants by Alan Scott. And I could probably quote you uh, dozens of different um, quotes in the book. But I'll put, give you this one and I'll give you another one later on. It says this, The church, you see, is not peripheral to the culture. It's essential for the culture. You are a city on a hill. You're the light of the world, raised up in the city, raised up for the city. The city doesn't make sense without the church, and the church doesn't make sense without the city. We are made visible to show forth a model of cultural renewal. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the way you live your life can impact people around you. We're designed to be influential. The church is meant to be influential. And if you are a follower of Christ, you're called to make a difference. Ephesians just been quoted there by Alan Scott. The church is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. But we need each other. The church needs to be a light in a dark place. We're not meant to just be some kind of club or charity or community. The church is the spirit of God moving amongst his people, making a difference, it should be infectious. It should be the talk of the town. We're not called to be the best church in the town. We're called to be the best church for the town. There should be a realization in the town that they are better for us being here. I had a moment a few months ago where um, I, was, I was invited to a meeting. Uh, by the local borough council, and I was unable to make it. And a couple of my colleagues were unable to make it from the church team either. And a lady who I worked closely with in the council wrote to me and said, you know, if people from Freedom Church aren't able to be there, we should probably reschedule the meeting, because you guys bring so much more to our meetings when you're there. And I was just blown away. I thought I didn't realize the influence that we had to those around us. And all around our community, there are many people from Freedom Church volunteers and on staff who are making a huge impact in our town. But we always influence from people to people. It's never this church. It's never the brand. It's never the logo. It's never the nice pictures. It's always people that influence people. People interact and make a difference. The way I speak to people, the way I meet people and conversation with people. And and maybe at this moment in time, you're thinking, Um, I don't know if I'm that sort of person. Do I have influence? You've had that moment where you're thinking about making a very large purchase. You're about to go, do I buy this item or not? And then a friend of yours says, go on. You deserve it. Wow. And you're like, yeah, you're right. I do. And you buy it because people... Influence people. Maybe it's a sales assistant. They persuade you with their wise words of how much better you will be with this particular purchase. Or maybe your spouse says to you, you deserve it, honey. Buy whatever you need. Spend however much you want. You're worth every penny. Has never been said by any spouse ever. Maybe. But I believe that everyone influences somebody. That you have the potential to influence people around you. We each have that ability. And as Christians, we are Christ-centered, spirit-filled influence in our community. We have huge potential. We're living in a world of influence. You even have a phrase now called the influencers. And if you're involved with social media, you'll have heard that phrase. Let me tell you about one of them, Kylie Jenner. Hasn't often been mentioned on a Sunday morning before. But she is a media personality. She's a model. She's incredibly wealthy. And she has 25 million followers on her social media platform, Instagram. And then one day, about a year ago, she made a comment that said, does anyone actually use Snapchat anymore? Now, for those of you who don't know what Snapchat is, or Twitter, or Facebook, or, or Instagram, it's fine. It doesn't really matter. But the moment she tweeted or Instagram, this comment, does anyone actually use Snapchat anymore? Snapchat's value fell by 7%. $1.3 billion got lost overnight because of seven words being typed up onto someone's mobile phone on one side of the world. And a year later, that particular uh, platform called Snapchat is now worth half of what it was worth at the time she made those comments. Now, whatever you think about that, Influence is huge. We have the power today to make statements that can underpin and undermine decisions other people are making. We have huge influence. You have huge influence, not just on social media. Sometimes people think, oh, what difference could I make? I don't have a huge amount in the bank. I don't have a huge number of followers. I don't even know what social media is. Each one of us has huge influence influence the world around us you may think you're insignificant but as the African proverb says and whenever someone says it's an African proverb it probably isn't it says this if you think you're too small to make a difference you haven't spent a night with a mosquito if you ever spent a night with a mosquito and I have had that pleasure in Uganda even under a mosquito net it's still you're aware of its presence it's annoying if you don't think you can make a difference think about something small. It doesn't have to be big to be influential. You can make a huge difference with small changes. You can smile at your work colleagues. You could send handwritten cards. You can give your children some of your time. You could offer to help anybody. You could tip generously. You could say thank you and really mean it. You could find out people's names and use them. You could collect up all the empty teacups and work. You can wash them and make no fuss about it whatsoever. You can look people in the eye when you are talking to them, not over their shoulder to see if someone more interesting is coming through the door behind them. You can make a huge difference. You can listen when people are speaking to you. You can turn your phone off, put it away, and not even just leave it on the table. It's like a little cue that says, if someone comes and rings me, they're more important than you are. If a notification appears, we'll pop We'll Pop this conversation on hold, get rid of your phones, spend time with people, eat with others, take time over your meal times. Those small acts can have huge influence on those around them. And if you still don't believe that you could be influential, then after church today, drive your car and park it under the bridge across both lanes and go for a coffee. By the time you come back to your car, you'll have had huge influence on Romsey. There'll be lots of very, very angry. Did you see the protests yesterday in Romsey? There were protests in Romsey. I was, let's not get involved with political things right now. But I was amazed out in the plaza. If you want to make a difference, a piece of cardboard, and you can wave it, and you can make a difference. We all have huge influence. You can make a difference. I really do believe everyone can influence someone. As Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, we should let our good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everybody will praise God your heavenly father. Jesus isn't saying we should run away from public opinion or we should try and hide away. He's saying we should be visible. We should be a city on a hill, we should be a light on a lampstand. We should make a difference. Our church should be a place of influence. But more importantly, church is more bigger is bigger than our Sunday morning meetings. Church is much bigger than that. We're here to serve the world to serve the King, Jesus himself, to make a difference in everyone around us, our neighbours and those in every sphere of society. We're not just called to sing songs and preach on a Sunday. We're called to change the environment we participate in every day, everyone, everywhere. Our church is much more than just community projects or various outreach activities, we are so much more than that. We're not just called to buy into activities in the church and programs. And I, I'm so concerned with me how much time we spend. And it's good. And don't get me wrong. I love the fact we've done Freedom News and we've got the information, things you can participate in. But let's not get lost thinking that's what it's all about. This is the part we play to help us be influential. We, we want people to gather together to encounter God, to grow stronger so we can go and make a difference. We can go and be influential. We're not gathering so we stay gathered. We're gathering so we can be sent. We're gathering so we can go beyond. We're encouraging you to be who God's calling you to be, not just to stay put. Jesus commands us to go. He doesn't say, sit still and wait for next Sunday. We've got a great song lined up. He never said those words. Another qu- quote from Alan Scott said these words, our calling and mission is to carry the kingdom beyond the church into the heart of culture. As sent people, the core of the church is no longer defined as those who support the structure of the church, but those who are transforming culture as church. We're called to be sent, not to stay. Or Rick Warren, who wrote the best-selling book, Purpose Driven Life, says these words, every member of a church should have their service to the church community and their mission to the world. It's not one or the other, it's both and. What's the part we play in the church and how do we get involved in making a difference and influencing the world around us? It's kingdom. It's greater than any one church. Galatians 5 says this, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command to love your neighbor as yourself. Sometimes people say to me, Sim, the church teaching we have is really quite simple. I, I, I'm looking for something more meatier, deeper, more challenging. Jesus said, Love your neighbor as yourself. I'm still. Working on that one. I've got to say it carefully because one of my neighbours is sitting here, um, Trevor and Elaine Bond, who live next door to me. But that idea of loving the person we meet as we love ourselves is the most simplistic message ever. And yet one of the hardest things to achieve. I want to encourage the church, let's not try and get deep for the sake of being deep or being complex, can we just fulfill the Great Commission to go into the world, to love our neighbours, to make disciples, to preach good news? That in itself is a lifetime ambition. We've got time to go into everything I'd love to share this morning. But, but for me personally, this area of influence is something which has been part of my story, I suppose. You know, I was brought up in a church. We were in the middle of a housing estate in Maystone in Kent, and we we're a nice middle-class church with careers, checkbooks, and we had it all going fine. People drove into the housing estate to go to church. And no one on the estate went to the church. We came in to be light to the world, and all we ever did was we just locked the door, and we went home at the end of the Sunday service. And then one day, I remember a friend of mine, who became a friend of mine, um, Dave King, decided to give up his job and just to serve the community that we were right in the middle of. And the doors of the church got opened. And suddenly we went from nice, tidy church to children who didn't want to listen and learn. People with complex family circumstances who were unable to read and write. Who were unable to you know, communicate in the way maybe some people thought they should have done. And church got complex. But as a teenager, it was fantastic. Because there was life in the church. And everything changed. And I want us to be a church that isn't just comfortable and secure, and we've got it all together. We're called to be messy and to make a difference. We're called to transform the lives of the world around us. Dave King is still serving the estate of Shepway many years later. He's got an MBE for his work. He's even had a road named after him for the work he does in the community. I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for our world to be changed because we're partnering with those around us. I'm keen that we make a difference. When Lottie and I got married, we lived in West Sussex in Littlehampton, and I was part of a church They're called Aaron Church and I still had this desire to make a difference, to bring influence, to change our community. And we, we were given an old chapel, Wickbourne Chapel. It was an old Brethren church that had been emptied and no longer used. And it was too small for us to meet in as a church. And someone said, would you have this church? We went, okay, we'll have it. We're not sure what to do with it. And so we had a few ideas. We created a few projects. And then one day I got a phone call from an organization called Sure Start. And they said, can we knock down your church building? Can we build a brand new community center? And give it to you. True story. 1.3 million pound building was created in 2005, February, just after my daughter Flo was born. And it's still there today. 15 years later almost, that building is up and running. And the influence it's had in that housing estate, in that community, it's running the community program, running nurseries, running youth projects. 85 staff are employed by the church to run all the various activities. It's an incredible space for influence. But what excites me most isn't the building. What excites me is the people, that when I get the joy of going back there and meeting people and seeing lives transformed, lives who've met Jesus, who have changed and are never been the same again, that's what we're called to be influential about.
0: For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.